0: You know my my personal best friend time is 2:22. Yesterday I did it in 6:16. Mm-hmm. I did it with strict pull-ups because that's what I do now. If I try to go that fast, nah, first off I couldn't, and if I tried to, I'd explode. I'd be I wouldn't finish the workout. Not only how do I have like new performance metrics, I have new ways of training. Like I don't even do kipping pull-ups that much anymore. So I have new things with strict pull, like the same workup with strict pull-ups. So I think it makes a lot of sense for this reset. And we know this empirically like we don't have the 40 to 45 year olds competing with the 19 to 24 year olds at the CrossFit games. Like there's a division for you because capacity is different at that age.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings. As always, I'm here with Ben Bergeron. Every week on the show, we dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. We answer your questions about the five factors of health, dive deep on living a life of excellence, and explore the strategies and frameworks to help us chase what truly matters. Thank you so much for joining us this week. How you doing, Ben?
0: Doing good, Patrick. I always enjoy talking to you, so this is is a good (laughs) hour of my day.
1: Well, thank you. I I Likewise, and uh, I'm happy to hear it. Uh, This week, we've got listener questions about incorporating hypertrophy training with CrossFit, protein supplementation, as well as how to recover better after travel days. Our workout is going to be a listener question about the benefits of, quote-unquote, resetting our PRs as our lives change and our training changes alongside of it. And then we'll wrap up with a note from a listener about a term we used in a recent episode, as well as a couple of things that you and I are currently bringing us joy, ready to go.
0: Let's rock and roll.
1: Uh, We start each episode with listener questions about the five factors of health, those few fundamental behaviors that most positively affect our performance, vitality, and longevity. Those five factors, how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we connect, and how we recover. We've got three questions, as we always do, from listeners, one in our recover bucket, one in our eat category, and then the first one here is in our move category. It's from Antoine. He says, I've been doing CrossFit for eight years now, training five times a week what would be the minimal effective dose of hypertrophy training uh, that I should do in supplementation of CrossFit to add a bit more muscle?
0: Cool. Yeah. So it's a a pretty simple, easy question actually. So I'm assuming, so, well, as I'm pausing there, because when you say CrossFit training, that could mean a bunch of different things. And that's where I pause for a second. (laughs) I'm going to assume that the CrossFit training is similar to what we do with our comp train training. We do strength three times a week. Got so it. let's assume it's that. Let's assume you're training five or six days a week. Three of those already include some sort of strength biased type of program. So, so back squats,
1: st- presses, deadlifts. Yeah. So let's start that. In that One day,
0: Wednesday, Friday, you're doing back squat, press, and dead. And then you're following those ones up with a shorter Metcon and the other days are a little bit longer. Let's just assume it's that. Got it. If that is the case, then on those days, you're going to the minimal viable dose would be an additional accessory but compound movement, three sets of ten, of the same movement pattern. So an example of that would be if you're um, if you're doing presses um, on a certain day, you're working up to a couple of heavy doubles or something like that. Your accessory would be something like. Um, three sets of 10 push press, three sets of 10 press again as back off sets, three sets of 10 incline dumbbell, three sets of 10 dumbbell um, bench press, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. If it was your um, squat day, same thing. You could alternate and go back to if you're working up to a heavy triple or heavy five, you could do some back offs, three sets of 10. Front squat or back squat, you keep it the same, or you could alternate it. You could do goblet squats. You could do uh, Bulgarian split squats. If it's your deadlift day, you could go with Romanian deadlifts. You could do with, essentially, you're getting a compound accessory movement for three sets of 10 of the same movement pattern. and That's a minimal viable dose three days a week.
1: Mhm. Two qu- two quick questions. Hypertrophy for those folks who don't know what's the easiest and quickest way to say to know, oh that's hypertrophy training versus oh that's CrossFit or, oh, that's, CrossFit, or that's something else.
0: Get huge, bro. Get huge bro. That's <laughs> what's it. Yeah. Hypertrophy is about getting bigger muscles. So Got it's it. not necessarily for the benefit of actually getting stronger. That might sound weird to people, bigger muscles don't necessarily mean stronger muscles. Um, it's hard to have one without the other. So they're correlated, they're close, but it truly is about bigger muscles. Um, bigger muscles do have their place in strength training. Um, and CrossFit is the benefit. The, the purpose of CrossFit is to maximize power output. So get more work done in less time that is fitness. So obviously it benefits to be strong, to be able to do that. And that's where there's, there is always going to be these overlaps across all these different, um, spectrums of fitness, but, When we say herpertrophy, we're talking about get huge, um, get big. And that generally happens at the moderate rep ranges in that somewhere between eight to 15. um, I just picked tens because it's a really simple one. It's what we all started with when we started doing this Mm -hmm. training because this training, you know, it's kind of weird, but um, strength training stemmed out of bodybuilding from the seventies and people did three sets of 10. And that's where all of this came from. And then new stuff came in with powerlifting, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, sports performance, endurance. And all of a sudden, then we got the the multitude of options. Um, But if we want to do strength, three sets of eight to 15 is about the place we want to go. The other way to kind of think of that is about 30 seconds of time under tension. So if you do one second up, a pause for a second, one second down, that's three seconds per rep. That gives you 30 seconds per set. 30 per seconds of time under tension is kind of that sweet spot for hypertrophy training.
1: Love it. And then one more defining of terms you'd mentioned it a couple of times, a back-off set, I think is how you put it. What what exactly is that? So if I'm doing squats, you said, you know, do more squats, maybe that was not your example, yeah, but so let's say, in back-off.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is like kind of traditional strength training type thing, whether you're an Olympic athlete or a power lifter, they'll work up to a heavy of lower reps, something like a one, two, or three, maybe a five. And then they'll do back offsets, which is a lower percentage for higher reps. So a perfectly appropriate program would be something like, let's work up to a heavy double, um, whatever, heavy double squat, back squat, and then you could use that same movement pattern. We stay with the back squat, but then do three sets of eights after that mm-hmm. at about 75% of that double. So you're getting some volume and that hypertrophy work in.
1: Take it. Okay, cool. Next question is from Ryan. It's on our eat category. It says, I'm 40 years old. Uh, I've been crossfitting for about six years, five to six times a week, often scaled, generally active. Otherwise, I'm fitter than the average soccer dad, but pretty average among the crossfit community. I've heavily focused on eating clean and whole foods based for many years. But about two years ago, I got serious about tracking macros and calories. I virtually eliminated alcohol from my life and the extra 15 or so stubborn pounds I was hanging on to fell off, which has been nice. But what I struggle with is hitting my protein macro uh, target without protein supplements to my... Uh, to my targeted 180 grams of protein uh, per day, I'm taking a whey shake uh, and often a quest bar. My diet is pretty dialed in otherwise, but the level of processing of these supplements runs counter to my to many of my beliefs about food. I try to get the cleanest versions possible. I just find it almost impossible to eat enough to hit my macro target and stay in my calorie range. What are your thoughts on protein supplementation hitting, that, hitting the one gram per pound of body weight rule, et
0: cetera? <laughs> It's kind of cool that we hear, like, they could have been just like, a yeah, one-sentence question. Mm-hmm. What is your take on? But we get this, like, we get this understanding of who these people are, which I appreciate. Like, Brian take- sounds like one of us. Like, yeah, fitter than your average soccer dad. Like, but maybe not as fit as the the guys that are the hard chargers in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Give up alcohol to lose the extra 15 pounds and looking to, you know, I've tried macros. And that sounds like one of us. I, I dig it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's start with the... Very simple question, which he finished off with. What is my take on the one gram of one protein gram per, per, pound. Yep. per pound of body weight? If you're looking to gain, if you and you're and or you're a hard gainer, meaning it's hard for you to gain muscle, um, or you're training a lot, that one pound might be appropriate. I don't that's not where I start people though. And I wouldn't start Ryan there either, especially if you're trying to um, limit supplementation. So Ryan is 180 pounds. He's trying to get 180 grams of protein in. That's cr- that's a huge amount. No wonder. Yep. Um, I would start off at 0.7. That's where most people start off. So 0.7 for every pound of body weight gets him closer to about 125 grams. That's a huge difference. Mass. So yeah. if we think of you know, um, a meal having 30 grams of protein. It could have more, it could have 40 or 50, but generally we're shooting for meals to have about 30 grams of protein. That is one scoop of protein powder, or it is the size of your palm, um, you know, a deck of cards of fish, beef, chicken, four eggs, that type of thing. So it's a really normal size of protein. If we're trying to limit protein intake, but get to that 0.7, it's really simple for for Ryan. You eat three meals a day of real foods, four eggs in the morning, a chicken breast on a salad, and a small piece of meat, whatever that is, at night. That's not even including the beans and the veggies, which is gonna have another um, 20, 10 to 20 grams total throughout the day. You're gonna really easily get to 90 to 100, and then one, I would go one protein shake, Um, gets you to north of 125, 130, very easy. I choose protein shake over protein bars because shakes don't require all of the stabilizers and all the fillers and all the things that require shelf life that a uh, a powder does. A powder, a clean one, is essentially gonna have um, the whey itself, look for isolate or hydroxylate over concentrates, big blanket statement, but we can dive into that if we want to later. And then from there, it's probably going to have from the other stuff, some soy lecithin, which is like a, a binder a little bit, some monk fruit or stevia extract. If it's a good clean one, don't go for the ones that have like cookie pieces in them. That's kind of crazy, <laughs> yes. which is crazy. There's so many of those. And it's like, we had a guy that had a hard time losing the stubborn 15 pounds and he was doing one of those shakes with cookie pieces in it i was like well why don't we just try to switch from that to this cleaner version and it was like oh and it came like right off in three weeks i was like, yeah because you're not having three cookies for breakfast every morning so uh so that, that's that's kind of the way i would go with it. it's like three square meals and a, and a shake um and yes stay away from the bars uh because bars do have the extra stuff um if you now let's go the other way no i'm a hard gainer i want to do this Yeah, it's really, really, really hard to have six meals of 30 grams. The way I would do that is try to double protein at every meal because you're not getting, and that's the way I would get there is not by having additional bars and so on.
1: All right, last one we've got is in our recover bucket. It's from Steven. He says, I've been doing CrossFit for 12 years and typically go five to six times a week. I also do daily mobility. I often travel for work, which can involve six hours of driving or uh, alternatively 25 uh, hour flight days. I don't know what that Whoa, means. Twenty-five wait, wait, hour flight what? days.
0: Twenty-five yeah, I know hour that means. flights. Let's just assume that it's a lot of flights. He's, go, he's uh, gone. He he commutes to like uh, like like an, a mile from his house, but he goes yeah. all the way around the, the other world way, to get yes. there. He goes the other way. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, so outside of that, uh, this is the rest of this question. I've noticed that my uh, normal motili- mobility routines uses pliability, uh, also known as, or used to be known as ROMWOD, Um, and it, it doesn't prepare me for the next day's workout uh, after a long travel day. doesn't matter if it's a Metcon or a strength type of workout. I always uh, find doing them after a travel day very difficult physically, though mentally uh, still rewarding. Any suggestions on how to recover from a long travel day so that the next morning or the next day I can enjoy my workouts to the fullest?
0: Mm, mm. Okay, um, just some, like help me out with that. He said that he doesn't find the the Romwad pliability, that, that mobility protocol as effective. He finds it rewarding. That's what we say about yeah. effective?
1: No, I think the, work the workout – Or the, the workout. Yeah, so he's oh. still doing the mobility work. It's just for whatever reason after yeah. the travel day, whatever he normally does yep. doesn't seem to prepare him for the workout.
0: Yeah. Um, nope, that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> <But> from. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I I got sick for, you know, five days and my next workout coming back from being sick wasn't as good as my normal workouts. What should I do? Accept reality. Like that's the deal. You're gonna be traveling for 25 hours. Um, The next workout's not gonna be great. What you're doing is exactly what you should be doing. Try to restore range of motion. Try to get some blood flow. The one suggestion I would give is allow yourself a bigger warm up before that. The other one is the... Uh, maybe it's not the most so obvious answer, but pay attention to the uh, all the five factors like that's yeah. the really the big one. so get as great a sleep as you can um get moving otherwise that would be the train thing you know, get moving um make sure you're as low stress as possible through all the other stuff. eat really clean. but the big thing is, is like it's the deal, man. if you're gonna be six hours in a car, you, we're there's no magic pills we're gonna take. there's no magic protocol that we can do to get better at that um. But paying attention to the other factors help. And we have things for that. And we change time zones in terms of the way we um, adjust to sleeps. And we've had things on that. we had shift workers for weird stuff. So there are suggestions. There are protocols. But honestly, the biggest one for this one for Steven would be just like, except uh, that those that first day, day and a half, two, are going to be kind of junky. It's the, it's, yeah. it's the part of the process.
1: Yeah. I also think about some of the things we've talked about before, just with yourself, which is like some days you show up and okay, the work workout on the whiteboard is this, this, and this. Right. And, and that, for whatever reason, like, that's not, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this instead of that. I'm going to take a, the first two rounds slow, whatever it might be. That's a and just great call. like, maybe that's just a thing. take the, just take the win of being there, m- checking that box of consistency and knowing that tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to feel more like myself.
0: That's the right suggestion Patrick, which is yeah, that first day back from the gym shouldn't be a workout. That first day back from the gym you should go to the gym, participate, but it's your active build back recovery day. So what is the way to get back? It's not to get it's to get back 24 hours later than you've been doing and use that first one as a day to just move. That's such the right suggestion.
1: Love that. All right. I just want to do a quick call out cuz I just noticed it as I was reading those. Antoine training for 8 years, 5 times a week. Ryan, 6 years, 5 to 6 times a week. Stephen, oh. 12 years, 5 to 6 times a week. So, <laughs> I love it. Boom. I love I love it.
0: Amazing, right? Yeah,
1: so cool. Super cool. Um um thank you for all your questions. If you would like to get one into the queue, The best way, the fastest way, the most efficient way, go to www.chasingexcellence.email. Get on the newsletter list. We'll send you a link with a form and you can submit a question. We thank you in advance. All right, we'll be back with our workout in just a moment. But first, a quick word of thanks from a few sponsors. We're brought to you this week by Element. You're into health, you're into fitness, and you're likely into staying hydrated without the sugar. Which means you ought to know about Element. Head to slash excellence to learn more about the zero sugar electrolyte drink mix that's perfect for athletes, folks on keto or paleo diets, or anyone wanting to restore health through hydration. But don't just take my word for it. Check out their website for rave reviews from professional athletes like Tia Claire Toomey and Bradley Beale, members of US Olympic teams, as well as top business leaders and everyday health en- enthusiasts. Lots of people are currently loving Element's new hot chocolate medley, a mix of chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry flavors. They're the perfect cozy drinks for winter, and of course, like all of Element's flavors, they're tasty as all heck. Visit drinkelement.com excellence to receive a free Element sample pack with any order. That is a special offer just for listeners of the show. And remember, Element has a no-questions-asked refund policy, so try Element today. Find out how it can elevate your hydration game. drinkelement.com slash excellence. Also brought to you this week by Cozy Earth. Let Cozy Earth help enhance your well-being both inside and outside your home. Head to CozyEarth.com and use the code EXCELLENCE to get 35% off everything site-wide. Cozy Earth, a brand featured on Oprah's favorite things for five years in a row, offers a wide range of loungewear, pajamas, accessories, bedding, and more. All of it is designed to bring comfort to you and your loved ones. Their loungewear, crafted from breathable and luxurious materials like viscous from bamboo and 100% mulberry silk, offers optimal temperature regulating comfort while maintaining a stylish and elegant fit. Their bedding is made from responsibly sourced 100% viscose from bamboo, which helps keep you cool all night long. Plus, all of their products come with a 10-year warranty. This Valentine's Day, whether it's for your partner, your friends, or you're just treating yourself, Cozy Earth Gifts are perfect for showing a little extra love. So elevate your post-bath experience with their premium bath products or double down on comfort with their loungewear. To get you started, Cozy Earth has offered an exclusive offer just for you. Simply use the code EXCELLENCE to get 35% off site-wide. Remember, that's the code EXCELLENCE for 35% off at CozyEarth.com.
0: 35%. Valentine's Day, guys. Valentine's Day, there it it is. Solved it. Ryan, Steve, Antoine, (laughs) go get it. (laughs) That's right. On your rest day. (laughs) All
1: right. Our workout this week is uh, a question from Tracy. And I thought this was great. So here's, here's what she said. Here's what she sent in. She said, what are your thoughts on, quote unquote, resetting your own PRs? For example, resetting PRs after becoming a parent, resetting in a new decade of life, etc. With the concept of PR meaning personal record, uh, you are competing against yourself, but our lives change. As hera- Herac- Heraclitus, she just threw in mm-hmm. a, a Greek philosopher, Look, as Heraclis, yes. Heraclitus, Heraclitus, I don't know, maybe I'm getting that right. Said no one ever slept in the same river twice. uh no one ever steps in the same river twice for it's not the same river and they're not the same person mm. it's not realistic for my 39 year old self as a working mother to compare it to my 17 year old self no intention of running a 525 mile again uh after having my son i further clarified my prs so that i would now have quote unquote pre baby prs and post baby prs mm. it was the motivation i needed to be able to start tracking progress again and not let comparison even with myself get in the way now that i'm turning 40 i plan on having a new set of prs in my 40s uh in my 40s Uh, and onwards thoughts on this. Yeah. I've got some follow-ups, but I'd love your thoughts. I've never really thought about this resetting of PRs.
0: I mean, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm. So, I mean, it just makes total sense, right? So there's a bigger discussion about PRs in general, like they fit into, so like there's that. Um, and then there's this idea of, yeah, if we're going to compete against ourselves, it makes no sense to compete against ourselves 20 years past our athletic prime. So mm-hmm. in her case, a 525 mile is bonkers. And if you're now in your 40s and post two kids and a career, and you're not the division one athlete that you once were like, that's insane. Like every single day is going to be a losing battle of what, you know, that I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good as I... Toby Keith song that I, I don't know the words to. I don't but, even know that one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: really? Really? Oh. No, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe I do.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the principle of that is I think it's phenomenal. Um I've I do this in I haven't done it as definitively as she has in terms of like here is the 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 new well, leaping off point from here mm-hmm. forward. Um but I like that. I've used that kind of loosely. I had uh, back maybe I have actually because I've had back surgery in yep. I had back surgery in 2013, um, 2014. Um, I had back surgery in 2014. So that was a long recovery coming out of that. So I've kind of used that as my pre and post. Before that, I was competing at the CrossFit Games on a team and had all sorts of um, different numbers and performance-wise than I do now. So we just did Fran. Yes, this made us a good point. We just did Fran yesterday at the gym. Um, so anybody that follows comp train, it's coming. We do it a month ahead of you guys. And actually, well, by the time this gets out, you're probably doing Fran next week. Sorry to yeah, wreck it. It'll be
1: close. I don't know exactly yeah. when, but it'll be close.
0: Yeah. Um okay. So, you know, my my personal best fran time is 222. Yesterday I did it in 616. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did it with strict pull-ups because that's what I do now. So it's like there's no set, like if I do, if I try to go that fast, first off, I couldn't. And if I tried to, I'd explode. I'd be, I wouldn't I would finish the workout. I get some sort of like something. So um, not only have, do I have like new performance um, metrics, I have new ways of training. Like I don't even, I don't even do kipping pull-ups that much anymore. So It's like, I have new things with strict, like the same workout with strict pull-ups. So I think it makes a lot of sense for this reset. And we know this empirically. Like we don't have the 40 to 45 year olds competing with uh, 19 to 24 year olds at the CrossFit games. Like there's a division for you because capacity is different at that age. So I think that she's spot on. I also like the the realization that this is the period I'm in but I plan on resetting again going forward. Mm-hmm. Um I think that all makes a lot of sense, you know, and um you know, having said that, there is this other part of like where do where do PRs live in general in your training? And um I think that you can be have you know, this, this would probably fly in the face of what I would have said 10 or 15 years ago, I think that you can do exactly what we need to do um, by loosely tracking performance, not Mm. dial. So you have to, to me, if you want to get close in the neighborhood, you have to have some understanding. And this would be the same thing as, you know, like EC's lazy macros. Like, you don't necessarily need to weigh and measure every single thing every single time you eat, but it's very nice to, up, to have an understanding, an understanding of am I in the ballpark? And an understanding of both am I in my own performance ballpark and relative to the cohorts around me. So, you know, the example of this would be like if you were the only human being that ever lived and you went out jogging once a year, you would probably think that the top capacity for an athlete would be like a six and a half minute mile. Mm-hmm. Like no one could possibly, because you run an 11 minute mile or 12 minute mile, you're probably like, <laughs> well, if someone ran twice as fast as me, that might be the top end of human capacity. So it's nice to just have an understanding of where you your abilities lie so that you can figure out strengths and weaknesses and understand where your opportunities are. Because if you like... Um the listener have a five twenty-five mile, but your back squat is sixty-five pounds. Well, now you have a good understanding of maybe where you could put a little extra emphasis into. You have great aerobic capacity, but you could build a little bit more strength. So I think it's really cool to have a understanding. I think that the people that listening to this show that train five or six days a week, like with these people that have already said this, probably already have that, even without writing it down. Um you have a good understanding of where you are. And I think that that's uh, meaningful enough to move you in the right direction and have enough awareness to, to, to create the right, you know, this is awareness, intention, action, but enough awareness to create the intentional processes to take the action, to get to where you not want to be, which is zooming out health. Well, what is health? Well, rounded fitness across your age. Like i'm gonna say it again well-rounded fitness across your age and this is where it's important to understand if you have if you're a guy and you have a 550 pound back squat but a 13 minute mile that's not well-rounded health is it better than having a 13 minute mile and a 45 pound back squat of course right that's way better But there's still so much, so much room for someone in that camp to have the fitness that produces health. And that's really what we're doing, you know, big picture, so that we have the capacity, we have the energy, we have the vitality to pour into other people. And that's really what we want to be able to do.
1: When When you were lining up for Fran, was there a part of you that was like, okay, my PR is 222 and like the logic part of you not stepping in and saying, yeah, but, but like, and you thought, okay, like if I get close to that, I'll be happy. And if I don't, I'll be unhappy. Or are you at the place now where you're like, you can intellectually say like, yeah, 10 years ago, I did two Couldn't care less about that right now as I line up to do it today.
0: Yeah. uh... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I'm so far removed from it that like <laughs> other people in the gym and we had lighter classes than we normally do. Cause it's scary and all that stuff. Yeah. There was less nerves for that workout because I, I just, it was like doing it again for the first time. Like there's just, mm-hmm. it's just so far removed and it's like, it doesn't, to me, it does not matter. Like, um, this is what Tracy's saying is like, you know, um, I want this kind of like ability to measure, but not to the point becomes detrimental. Well, that level of awareness is humongous. Like when you realize it's detrimental, you've recognized a trigger. And that trigger is not benefiting you because it's sending you down the sewer cycle where Mm -hmm. you're having this subconscious thought pattern, which is leading to an emotional response, which is anxiety, fear, doubt, whatever it might be, that's causing a physiological response, which is going to diminish your performance. If it doesn't diminish your performance and you're unable to get out of that, then it actually leads to sickness. Like, Mm. holy smokes. This is a big, big thing. This is something that we don't want to just kind of like brush across the side. We want to recognize that if we can't um, go into the gym and do a workout with our friends without feeling high levels of anxiety, that's an opportunity for us to move through some stuff. When you feel your shit getting hit, when you feel your stomach, when you feel your chest getting tight, when you feel your nerves going, we need that level of awareness. Like this is not normal. Like I'm getting pulled out of my rest and digest. I'm getting, it's okay to have that a little bit before a workout because all it means is it matters. It's not okay to have that the night before the workout and lose sleep over it. That's anxiety. That's you Mm -hmm. unable to work through some stuff. Not a bad thing. We all have that. It's the awareness of it. Do we have the awareness that I'm having a hard time sleeping tonight because I'm worried about my workout tomorrow? What's happening is, you're not staying present. You're not focused on things that you can control. Your mind is spinning out of control, causing this sewer cycle loop. You want to be able to reframe, walk through that, recognize the triggers. And if you can't walk through it, okay, fine. But at least we've recognized that it's happening. That's such a huge thing. It's like the alcoholic just mindlessly going for the next drink instead of going like, whoa, what am I doing right now? I know this isn't good for me. I know that I'm not supposed to do this. Once you get to that point where it's like this awareness of like, this is hard. It's hard for me to say no right now. That's you working through it. That's the training. You're now no longer unconscious. You are a conscious being that's having a hard time making a better decision. But at least you recognize that there's a decision that could be made and you're not on autopilot. This is where if you are in that boat where PRs no longer serve you. PRs can serve you in a big, big way. They can create awareness of strengths and weaknesses as we just talked about. They can create um, opportunities for intentional game plans. They can help you motivate. They can help you stay on track. Um, They can help create sub goals that keep you um, dialed into the process, but we have to recognize when those things are no longer serving us, when they're causing stress and anxiety. If we can do that, man, like that's so, that's so much more important in the big scheme of things than um, were you 30 seconds off of your PR, Mm -hmm. like, like the big picture Vitality, longevity, energy, you as a fulfilled human being living a well rounded life, whether you're 30 seconds or a minute off of your fran time, has almost no bearing. Mm-hmm. As long as you are, what does have a huge bearing is you unable to work through the stuff that's hitting you. And this is where we want to have that level of recognition that. This is something that I'm having a hard time working through because what what are you actually doing? You're going to the gym to try to get a physiological, emotional, spiritual, if you want to, response to make you better. Well, if you're having this stress response, that's not making you better. That's causing a stress response and that doesn't have its place in this process. If you feel a little bit nervous walking up to the barbell before you start that's okay. That's fine. That's supposed to be there. That's the equivalent of like little bit of butterflies before you walk onto the Ted stage. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. This means something, but you having stressed three months before that, not helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think about something you you said sort of quickly, but I think it's important to bring back, which is the, that classes weren't that busy today or yesterday, whenever right. you did Fran. Yeah. Right. And so I think about, you know, how many of those people, how many how many of the members at CrossFit New England looked at that and said, "Well, I'm not going to PR, so I'm not going to go?" Right. Because really what I, what what I think about here, and it's really interesting, I think there's there's a couple of different ways we can look at this. But like when you really break down what a PR is, it's an uh, it's an opportunity for us to judge ourselves today versus either an idealized or a future version of ourselves or the past version of ourselves. And so we only look at PRs like that as a as a light switch uh, of judgment of like better than yesterday or worse than yesterday, then PRs I PRs can become something that we really want to avoid finding out because we don't want to find out if we're fitter than we were two years ago or five years ago or who know you know however many, and so that's also really interesting to me to think about is the 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 downsides of PRs in that we substitute PRs for judging ourselves with the upside of PRs. Which is a measurement us against us to see if we're making the progress that we are there to make.
0: Yep. Yeah. There's I- exactly so we have this approach to health, and you just the, what you just just really what you just said really drilled this um, into for me. We have this approach to health. That approach is how you eat, sleep, train, think, and connect. It is the five behaviors that we want to lean into to maximize our health. What we are saying is those are five slices of a pie, not one comes before the other. Yes, if you've listened long enough, we kind of like the training one first, but each one of those has a first principle. And if you are working on a second principle before a first principle of another one, we are not following the prescription. Mm. That first principle prescription is, For eat, sleep, train, think, and connect, we want to eat real food. That's what we want to do first. For train, it's show up five or six days a week. So if you're, now I'm going to go through them all because I'm going to come back to like, why if people don't show up to Fran, what's happening? Mm -hmm. The next is sleep eight hours. The think one, this is really big, is be curious, not judgmental.
1: Mm -hmm. Love that.
0: Yep, and connect is surround yourself with people that want to see you win. that challenge you, call you on your crap, but no drama, no toxicity, no complaining, just good vibes and growth. Okay, so the two big ones there are train five or six days a week and be curious, not judgmental. Mm -hmm. So why did you not show up to Fran today? Like what what was the reason there? Um, Because I didn't think... Well, think, no, no, the think one is curious. Like it doesn't matter if you PR or not because what's happening there is you're, it's like we, like if people understood, I really want to do something big and meaningful with those five factors. I want beyond this podcast because that to me is the most simplistic approach to health in five sentences that has ever been handed out anywhere. Like if you just really leaned into those things and understood when you were deviating away from any of them, which you're allowed to, like I get it, like eat real food. I don't eat perfect. I don't sleep eight hours every night. There's weeks that I don't get to the gym five days or six days. Like it's okay, no one's perfect. But if we were able to put those first principles first, like whether it's Fran or a 10 mile run, or your favorite workouts, it shouldn't affect. It should not affect whether you go to the gym or not. Like that's a big, big thing. It should not affect whether you go to the gym or not what the workout is. Because if it does, you're not being, as long as as you believe, I'm gonna caveat this, as long as you believe in the programming that is being um, done in your gym and affiliate, which, Mm I write the program for mine. So I obviously do, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And I, I spent a lot of time, I spent 17 years honing in this methodology, which I really believe in, which I think we talked about earlier in this podcast, which is lift heavy the three times a week. Those are coupled with the shorter, higher power MECONs and the eight to 15 minute range. The other one should hit a 15 to 20 a 25. Maybe there's one long uh, cardio day in there built in for you, depending on the athlete that is our Sunday run day. It's like, it's all. It's very systemized at this point. Like, because I just feel like um, the variance, for variance' sake, is not helping um, um, get to where we want to be, which is this well-rounded fitness program. If you have a a bias towards something, I get that. You like it. Like, you like doing thirty-minute boot camp workouts every day. I got it. I I understand that. My contention is this. Protocol, this programming um, philosophy is the is the way to get you to the well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that we're missing or skipping or leaning into biasing anything excessively. I believe that we are getting truly the full holistic picture of what we want to do, which is improve performance that improves performance outside the gym not for today, but for the rest of our lives.
1: Let's start to wrap this conversation up, um, maybe and go back to Tracy's question a little bit. Do you have a sense of, I mean, kids are an obvious demarcation of, you know, before and after where where life does change. Uh, training does change as a result of it. But do you get a sense of like every 10 years you should pick your head up and say, okay, let's kind of press the button and reset our PRs and then reestablish them and then spend the next 10 years kind of living with those as your, as again, as to your point, as sort of the guideposts and the, uh, uh, that we want to look at, or is it every five years? Is it total I mean, it's, yeah. of course it's going to depend, but like if you were to give a prescription of like, yes, this is roughly when I would suggest thinking or rethinking your PRs.
0: I, I don't think you need to reset before the age of 35. I think you have mm-hmm. up until the age of 35 of growth and betterment. Um, at the age of 35, the really dialed in version would be, I think, that CrossFit HQ nailed this really well. Um, every five years, you would reset. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way to think about- When say CrossFit,
1: that's where the age groups are. That's where the, that's where,
0: are, that's where the sport is. Yeah, yep. Cool. They, when they go into the master's division every five years after 35. Um, the other kind of like paradigm or perspective to, to kind of um, pull into this, you know, I don't want to say like decrepitude is inevitable, mm-hmm. but because I don't want to say it doesn't mean it's not true. Mm-hmm. It is like, we're all going to like, said another way is what we're actually trying to do is not continue to PR. We're not, That's not the objective. The objective is if you have a really solid training history through your teens, 20s and 30s, meaning that you've trained five or six days a week this way. For three decades, by the time you get to your 40s, for you to assume that you're going to continue that trajectory is um, not realistic. It's not the way it's going to go. And that shouldn't be the perspective that I want to continue to see gains. Because what we want to do is imagine at age 45, you're just able to hold. Mm -hmm. At age 45, you don't decline at all you would be the fittest 85 year old that has ever lived on planet earth by like a gazillion, like no, (laughs) no, like no, like, let's say like me, a 45 year old, I'm 46 now turning 47 in a month or so. And, you know, I run like just really average numbers, you know, back squat, 300 pounds, run six minute miles, you know, do 15, 20 strict pull-ups like, okay. Like, if I was 85 and doing that, like they'd be writing books about me forever <laughs> about like yeah. this human that defied everything. So the goal is just try to like it, it it's to recognize that it's it's the realist thing. There's the victim, the pessimist, the optimist, the realist and the warrior. So here's the way the pessimist looked the the victim goes like, "Why am I? Why am I not being able to PR? Why why am I to um declining why can't i oh my god the the pessimist is oh this sucks i'm never gonna pr again this is Mm -hmm. like it sounds insane right the optimist is equally as insane we're just like (laughs) i'm gonna continue to pr i'm gonna continue to like make gains in my 50s 60s 70s and 80s like we start to realize the the asinine storytelling that comes along with any one of those mindsets the realist goes i it's i'm going to decline i'm going to try to slow my decline Cool. The warrior goes, I know that this is inevitable. Cool. Bring it on. I can work through this. Fran? Yep. I'm going to walk into Fran, do Fran without getting my panties in a bunch. Like mm-hmm. I, that's the approach. Like that's where we want everyone to get to is where we're not rattled by external circumstances. Like what does this workout? Did I PR or not? Can we just put our heads down, follow the process and come out of it the better side without the extra storytelling, gossip, drama, toxicity that we create for ourselves.
1: Fantastic. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you to Tracy for that great question. Hopefully that was helpful. I'm going to jump into a shout out a different kind of shout out and a cool down momentarily. But first, a quick word of thanks to a sponsor brought to you this week by Momentus. It's time to give your sleep routine an upgrade and you can do so with Momentus Sleep. Learn more at livemomentus.com. Use the code excellence to get started with 20% off your first order. This magical blend of magnesium, L-threonate, apigenin, and L-theanine will help you fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and wake up fully recharged. These natural ingredients promote relaxation, calm your mind, and ensure a restful state. Plus, rest assured you can trust. Momentous Sleep has no banned substances and no harmful contaminants. It's certified by Informed Sport and NSF, so you know that what you see on the label is exactly what you get. And the best part comes with an easy-to-use individual pack, so grab a packet and be on your way to the greatest night of rest. Visit Livemomentous.com. Use the code Excellence to upgrade your sleep with 20% off their best in-class products, whether you're grabbing their sleep packs, protein powder, creatine, or anything else that they offer. Again, live Momentous.com. Okay, we got a shout-out from Tracy. Uh, and she says it right up up front, more of a comment and opportunity for growth. This than is a question. Yeah, you know what? Good call. Good memory. Yes, two Tracys. Quite sure that they're different Tracys because there was no mention of uh, there were there were no mention of hey, I just asked a question and also this. So I'm going to go with two different Tracys. This is the episode of Tracy. Uh, She says more of a comment and opportunity for growth than a question. Uh, just listened to the latest episode uh, on the state of CrossFit affiliates, so that was probably last month now, and notice that Ben used the phrase "grandfathered in." To others, correcting a podcaster may feel one uppish, but as I've been a listener to Chasing Excellence for seven years, I know you and Ben appreciate opportunities for growth. The phrase "grandfathered in" is rooted in racism, suppressing the black voter and unjustly favoring white voters. Literacy tests, poll taxes, and quizzes were required for voting in an attempt to exempt black voters. Therefore, states enacted clauses that made men eligible to vote even if they couldn't pass the literacy tests if they were lineal descendants of voters. In other words, their fathers or grandfathers, which only pertained to white men at the time. Once I learned about this, I made sure to correct myself if I ever said it and in this situation to provoke a uh, and in this situation to provoke a discussion or comment with those of a growth mindset. And she forwarded on uh, an article from NPR that she nicely summarized. So again, not a typical shout out, but I like when people send me these things um, because quite frankly, I had no idea. And I've used that yep. phrase a hundred times. And so if I didn't know about it, uh, and clearly Ben, you and I have not, we, you know, we didn't hear about it, so we're gonna we're gonna pass this on with a thanks uh, to Tracy for uh, giving us a little bit of insight into that, and uh, I will not use that anymore. All right, our cool down, as we've done once a month or so, moment of joy, something that's bringing us joy. I love this; it makes me think for 15 minutes uh, before we record about what I've been enjoying and and that has been bringing me joy. You want me to go first? what you've been doing lots of talking, um, okay. Something that's been giving me joy as of late, um, I have found. I used to be uh, really, really talking about pre-kids and after-kids. I used to be really into music and independent music and singers and songwriters. And when we lived in Boston, I'd go to I go to shows as often as I can, and that's sort of faded, and, and I've sort of lost that bit of me. Uh, uh, Not intentionally, but because life happens. And so, the thing that's been bringing me joy, and I didn't really do this on purpose, but I noticed it last night as I was doing it, and I was like, I've been doing this more, and it's because it's bringing me joy. Which is, on Instagram, instead of just mindlessly scrolling, what I've started to do is find and follow. They're they're always just like young singer songwriters, like young musicians, who are just like they're just so talented, and and so. Uh, so hardworking and they're they they just they're just amazing to me. And so it's just been bringing bringing me so much joy to just like find a new musician and just like spend fifteen or twenty minutes scrolling through what they've been putting online and then searching finding them on Spotify or finding them wherever and just like just enjoying new music and good music and young people and and uh, and and everything that they're bringing. so, um, so that's been bringing me a lot of joy is for like 15 or 20 minutes at night, instead of mindlessly scrolling social media, I'll just go and like, I'll just go listen to some cool
0: music. Is it, it um, specifically like singer songwriters is it, or is it musicians in general? Uh,
1: it tends for me just cause it's my own, pre- it tends to be just like singer songwriters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. um, uh, but you know, really, uh, it's really just like, it, it's the wonders and the the detriment of all the algorithms is once you teach it like, Oh, I like this thing. Right. They'll just start giving you more. Which again. Can be good, can be bad, can be however you use it. Um, but for me in this particular case, it's been really fun to just sort of like go into the rabbit hole of of different singers and 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 have some fun with them.
0: Yeah, I, I am um musicians like melt my mind because I just it's so like not it's so outside yeah. of my um I don't get it at all. Yep. I've tried to yep. play instruments and I just I am so I don't wanna say untalented because like you can teach talent, but just like it's just yep. not Yep. If there's a gene for it, I didn't get it. So yeah. I am equally fascinated by that as well. Um, and more and more in my feed, that's really interesting you say that, has been popping up there. I think particularly because my 19-year-old is a musician and I send mm, him a right. lot of stuff. So yeah, when you send something to somebody, yeah, um, he's in a band. When we send something to somebody, the algorithm loves that, especially if you're not <laughs> on it a lot. You send yep. one thing, it's like, oh, this is the... Th- um, there's this one drummer. This will, ca- you
1: seen- this will make you come Bring
0: you back. Bring Have you, back. you seen this drummer um, that they're calling like uh, – it's like the best drummer ever. Have you seen this guy?
1: I've he's kind of
0: jacked. He's got a beard. Um, Do you remember his name? I don't. I'm going to send it to you. And it's okay, go cool, send it's it to me. This for the show, like the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, what are you talking about? This isn't very <laughs> helpful. Uh, but for you, I, I will send it to you because it's uh, – cool. he's incredible. It's in, like – it blows my mind. Yeah. cuz that yeah um but i'm with you i think that's really cool yeah yeah
1: and it's i just i just watch and i just think about like when when you know when we were younger like all these these the, again i just they're, they're all kids but the, like the talent was there and the hard work was there and the ingenuity was there and the creativity was there there just wasn't like this phone no, that we this had platform. that we could they, they can yeah exactly and like i just think about all the all the talented musicians who had such love for it and then they just didn't yeah. have anywhere to go with it they just couldn't do anything yeah. with it that that is now possible. And it's just like, that's what a wonderful opportunity for those, uh, for those folks who can do it.
0: It's such a, like, um, so Jonah, his band recorded one of their practice sessions the other day, posted it. And a photographer reached out and was like, Hey, can I work with you guys? It's like, awesome. Like just that, like that, that organic collaboration, there is positives to this uh, um, network that, um, (laughs) that we bash all the time.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Right, what
0: you um, got? Uh, we're in winter and we started skiing again so it's such an yeah. easy answer for me um, yep, I
1: thought about that yeah, yeah. skiing is yeah. a
0: phenomenal I, I just it's one of those things it's so cool because uh Bodie is my 11 year old and I was riding up the lift with him and he's like he asked what do you like better um crossfit or skiing and I said skiing how about you and he's paused because he liked crossfit a lot right now he's mm-hmm. into the getting stronger and you know, he can do a bunch of pull-ups and he's deadlifting over his body. You know, it's nice. really cool. So um, and he said skiing as well. And he goes, you know what's really kind of crazy about those two things, Dad, is um when you're doing them, um you what was the words he used? I want to make sure. Uh he goes, um, you know how you like you don't know what time it is when you're doing them? Mm. And I was like, yeah, you, I was like, you know what, that is? that's what they say is like, um, um, time flies when you're having fun. He goes, yeah, I think that's what, that's what ha- it's happening. And then we got in this discussion about what a flow state is and how you lose sense of time when you're doing these things that you're really passionate about. And he's like, oh yeah, that's like, but it's very much that for me with skiing. Um, I, and it's, it's such a different experience for me doing with my kids, um, cause it used to be like the adrenaline thing, you know, like yep. going fast, the G-forces, you know, being in the air, um, you know, having trees whip by you and all the rest. Um, you know, that that risk thing, like it spikes epinephrine and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had Stephen Kotler on that talked about that a lot mm-hmm. with NAR Country. Um, but now it's like I get little bits of that maybe a couple times a day. It's not like the the entirety of the day anymore, but it's way more the connection thing and being yeah. outside in nature. I just, the outside nature thing was, a, I never even, it wasn't even a thing I paid attention to before. And that's now just where I'm, the skiing was, <laughs> that's just where the skiing was. And now I'm yeah. like, cause I track how many days a week I go outside. Of course, like people yep. have listened to this for a lot. Like I track Which a really, lot of stuff. Yep. And during the winter, it's, it's horrifically bad. Like I don't count like walking to my car, but cause my, the winter, I walk my kid to the bus stop. I don't count that. Walk back. Mm-hmm. Um, I get in my car. I drive to work. And I'm at work until I drive home. And when I get home, I'm at home. And I don't leave that. It's That is such a weird human experience to not go outside for days upon end. And then what skiing does for people living in the Northeast like us, um, it allows you this um, two or three days a week of, you know, almost all of the day is outside. Mm-hmm. And that's, you, as a person in their, you know, mid forties, that's, it's weird how you just, you, you, it's so enjoyable regardless of the weather, unless it's raining. I don't ski in the rain, but cold or anything else, it doesn't really bother me anymore because it's, you're feeling it. We go and take breaks, but it's kind of a cool experience to be cold. It's like, um, so it's, I really, I, you know, Everything about it, from the family time to the outside to the, yes, the adrenaline to the um, trying to – it's just I, – I, it's such a cool, amazing experience. Anybody that's um, listening to this that is – has young kids and is wondering what they should get their kids into, I can not um, praise it enough that I can't come up with another experience – that you get to spend as much time with your family outside, side by side, as you do with skiing. I just mm-hmm. can't come up with it. I can't find something that's even remotely similar. That, like, you know, I guess if families hiked, but that seems kind of boring. Like <laughs> and you can it's hard to do it in the winter, true. Like, yep. you know, if yep. you're winter campers, I guess that would be it. But um it's like it's a really amazing thing. Yes, it's expensive, but there is cheaper ways to do it and um, it's uh it's uh, I love it. So lots of joy.
1: All right, noted on that. One thing it makes me think of and I haven't had a chance to look into it yet, but a listener sent us a question about I think it's called 1000 the the 1000 hours challenge. I don't know any background of this other than the little bit in the question that he or she sent us. But my sense of it is like track the amount of hours you are outside with the goal of hitting a thousand hours in over the course Ooh. of a year. I don't know if that's exactly it. I don't know if that's so a that'd lot. Be about Like three, I don't,
0: be, well, there's 365. So that'd be about three hours a day, three yep. there, give or take three hours a day. So it makes me think, um, about. so it makes you like, you hear that you go like, of course, of course, I would mean be mm-hmm. th- outside three hours a day. I like if you live in the Northern hemisphere, we're like, I, that might be a, that's probably a challenge. Like, yeah. or said another way is if you work nine to five, if you work nine to five, um, you're probably not getting outside a lot at all during the week. And then you have, you know, um, you know, eight hours a day on Saturday and Sunday. Well, that's only 16 a week. You're, you're not there. You're missing four hours, of five hours a week. You're way behind the eight ball. That's a cool, I like that. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of like when you heard good. like Kelly Starrett's, like how many hours yeah. you sit a day. Exactly. And you hear, you're like, I would never sit like, for no 13 way. hours. No yeah. way. No way. It's like you start to add up. You're like, Oh damn it. Oh, oh no.
1: And then it's like everything else. So it's like, okay, you know, track your your steps over the course of 30 days or whatever we did. And it's like, Oh, I of can course, definitely. I, I
0: de- of course, I, I get 10,000. 10- yeah. Of and then
1: course. you're like, Oh no. Oh. And then oh. it's the same as like you know, track your. You know, I think about E. C. Track your track how many grams of fruits and vegetables. Oh, I get I get lots of fruit and vegetables. And you track it. It's like. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) Right,
0: that's really cool. And I think it's you know don't do it forever, but I that understanding right of where's the balance in your life and where how far away from where you think you should be. That's cool. A thousand hours outside. Man, my my 20-year-old self would be punching me in the face right now for even like, you, you're not outside for that three hours a day? That's crazy.
1: All right, maybe right, I'll, I'll find that question. Maybe we'll resurface it in a future episode. We can talk a little bit more about it. All right, my friend. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you, everybody, uh, for sending us questions one more time www.chasingexcellence.email, get on the list. We'll send you a link to a form. You can ask your own and we can get it into a future episode. We thank you in advance for doing so. We thank you for listening, for sharing the show with your friends. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence.